and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and unfortunately I haven't got Brian Barry Murphy or Owen O'Connell with me again today, but I do have Chaff as always. Chaff, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thank you very much. Good stuff. And we've also got Luke with us. Luke, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, mate. Good stuff. So, um, obviously, with the with the special episode of the podcast last week, we haven't really had, had a chance to dig into the last few Dale games, uh, so we thought we'd do that now. Before a bit of a break in play, shall we say, a couple of weeks without a game coming up, so we thought we'd look back on the Bristol Rovers, Oxford, and Stockport games today. Um, not a great run of results, but the first of those three chaff was was the draw with Bristol Rovers, which was a decent performance, I thought, and and perhaps perhaps we deserved a little bit more from that game. I thought it was a good first half. Um, I didn't think it was a great second half. To be perfectly honest with you, um, the goal that we conceded was poor as well. Um, where Jimmy Ryan gives the ball away and then he's got acres of space to run into and finish. I thought it was a sloppy goal, but we reacted quite well. Um, and yeah, I didn't think the second half performance was brilliant. So, and in the end, I think yeah, Bristol Rovers going to be one of the teams around us come the end of the season, perhaps. Um, so I'm looking for a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, I'm unsure about Bristol Rovers, to be honest. I don't know anything about the manager, but some of the players that they've got looked quite interesting. Um, some decent signings in the summer. Luke, what were your thoughts on that game overall? Chaff mentioned the goal we conceded there. That was particularly disappointing, wasn't it? Losing the ball in midfield and, and, and conceding a goal like that. Yeah, I think there was there was a few individual errors that kind of accumulated to, to what was then taking the lead, really. Um, Ryan, Jimmy Ryan dallied on the ball a little bit, didn't he? A little bit too long. And then we just didn't react well enough as a team to close him down when he came running through you know, the midfield area. Um, when I was kind of looking at the replay, I thought kind of Roberts could have maybe got out earlier to him. Um, and even Morley could have got across him, I thought, as well. So he took it well. You know, it was a good run. You know, it was, was a good strike at goal, but probably one of them that you know was was avoidable. Um, yeah, okay, we could we'll lose, we lost possession in the part of the pitch that we weren't expecting to. It's unlike Jimmy Ryan to kind of you know the way he's been playing to have done that. But you want to see a better reaction, really, and it was just a little bit sloppy uh, in fairness. And um, you know, he took a good strike and it went in, um, which was a shame. But Chaff, we responded quite quickly, didn't we? Um, something that we've we've maybe um, maybe been guilty of not doing in the past, and maybe not been been guilty of not doing in the last couple of games, to be honest, since the Bristol Rovers match. But it was a good good finish from Alex Newby. He's looking a little bit more confident now, isn't he? And that's not the sort of goal that you expect us to score, really, coming from a, a long ball over the top, is it? No, not really. Especially under Brian, it's not the sort of goal that we're used to seeing really but um, it was it was a good finish um, really composed finish as well and I think he's getting I think he's really getting to grips with League One football Alex Newby um, last so this this sort of run of three or four games he's been our most creative player throughout I think um, he's chipped in with a couple of goals as well and I think he's just going from strength to strength um, the ball through from Owen O'Connell's um, it's, it's not a hoof by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, we went pretty boot one with it um, and it paired off. Yeah, and Luke, it was a, that, that route one ball came from Owen O'Connell. Um, we, we've seen him sort of play, spread those balls around a little bit. Do we think at, at some point maybe we could see him step into midfield? We've spoke about perhaps having three at the back. We've seen O'Connell move into midfield at times before and I know he, he definitely played there for a little for a few games at Berry, Is that something you could see happening at some point or is it unrealistic to take him out on the defence? Um, I think he, I think without a shadow of doubt he's he's more than good enough to play that holding midfielder role. Um, 
as you've kind of seen, he's, he's very comfortable on the ball. Um, my, my personal preference would be to kind of leave him as he is at, at centre half um, because he's just so good. Um, you know, the, his defending is brilliant, and um, we've probably got other players in our midfield that you consider to be midfielders who can play that position as well. Um, and yeah, you know, I do appreciate we have got you know a fair bit of competition at the back once everyone's fit with McShane and Roberts and, and, and Mick Nulty. Um, but I don't know, I just. Every single game I watch O'Connell play, there's, there's points where I just think that, that's just a step above, I think, the level that we're at. I mean, and he, he, there seems to be more and more regular moments then. Um, I think he's upped his game on, on last season. Um, so my personal preference would be to kind of see him continue as he is in, in the heart of the defence. Because um, he can he can drive out of the defence as well. It seems like he has got that free reign to drive out of defence. Um and he's very good at, at kind of the balls going into midfield um, from that from that deeper position as well. Um, so for me, you know, yeah, I'm sure he could do uh, you know the the holding midfielder role, uh, and I'm sure he could do a good job at it. Um, but my personal preference would be to see him continue at the back. Yeah, it, it seems like it would be a strange decision if we were to sort of move away from our probably our best player moving out of position, but. I just thought it was something worth bringing up because I know that he did play there a few times for Berry, and I'm not sure if fans were aware of that. Um, we spoke before about maybe a lack of pace that, that that holds him back a little bit at times. Perhaps that's something that wouldn't be quite as noticeable if in a defensive midfield position, but um, you you lose sort of that, that, that winning balls into the box, don't you, that he was so good at last season. And he, I think he led the, lead for, led the league for, for clearances from crosses last season, so... Um, yeah, definitely, definitely keeping where he is for now, but something to think about maybe at some point. Um, alongside him, Chaff, uh, uh, Hayden Roberts, put in another good performance in this game. Obviously, we missed him on, on Saturday against Stockport, which we'll come to later on, but he, he looks a cut above, doesn't he, already in his first few games at, at League One level? Yeah, he does. He looks absolute class to me. Um, a little bit like O'Connell, he's very comfortable on the ball, coming out of defence with it. Um, to say it's his first sort of experience of professional football or men's football as I said for him to be able to come in and do that and have the confidence to do that shows that you know he's, he's from a, a level quite a bit higher than ourselves um, I thought he was very good against Bristol Rovers thought he was very good against Oxford and I thought we missed him against Stockport so that's the sort of praise that well, that's the sort of credit that he deserves, really, to say that someone so young, we already miss him in the back line. Um, yeah, I think he's been excellent, and I, I think he can only go from strength to strength as well. I know I know it's early days still. He only played a few games, and obviously it's different watching on iFollow compared to being at the ground, but where would you rank him from what you've seen so far in comparison to some of the other Premier League loanees we've had in defence? You know, I'm thinking the likes of... Kevin Long and, and Jack O'Connell? It's difficult to say because he's younger than both of them when they came. Um, but he has the potential to to outdo both of them. Um, I see him being a Premier League defender in the future if he carries on. Um, especially the way that he plays the game is a lot more sort of your modern centre-half rather than the Kevin Longs of this world who are just solid and they'll clear up everything. Um, he's a ball player and that would suit, that'll suit him going forward, I think. Yeah, and he can obviously take uh, heart from the fact that, that Robert, Robert Sanchez made his Premier League debut as soon as a few weeks into the season after returning from Dale, which was an interesting thing. I thought, I, I, I must admit, I didn't expect him to be involved in Brighton's first team quite as quickly as he has been, especially when there was no injury to, to Matt Ryan, the normal keeper, so fair play to Sanchez for that. And Hopefully that gives Roberts a little bit of something to aim at for next season, although it might be a little bit too early. As you said, he's a few years younger uh, than some of the players we mentioned earlier. Uh, Luke, moving on to Ollie Rathbone, I know Ryan will be happy that you're taking this question rather than him, but it wasn't one of his better performances uh, against Bristol Rovers, was it? No, I think he, he, he struggled and he, he seems to be kind of up and down a little bit at the moment, Oli. Um, I kind of, kind of think at times he's trying too hard. 
um, and, it, and it kind of shows in his decision making a little bit and, and that's kind of what's doing it in, in my opinion um, I kind of look at, at kind of what, what you consider his qualities to be and, what, and one of them is just his ability to rap which is an underestimated quality and, and maybe we kind of that's taken away from him a little bit with him playing more on the left hand side of, of the midfield um, you know kind of as a, as a winger I suppose at the moment um, so maybe there's just an element of kind of getting used to that position um, there's been other times and other spells in games where I actually think he looks really dangerous um, and he does look like one of our better players because again one of his other qualities is his, his ability to drive with the ball um, and he can do that on that side of the pitch but yeah I think I think when he when he doesn't look great it kind of stands out um, and I do think it's sustained to trying too hard and, and making the wrong decisions because of it and that, that trying too hard has manifested itself in a few cards as well, hasn't it, recently? I think, uh, I'm not sure, has he picked up one since then as well? But he, he definitely has had, I think he's had four, maybe five yellow cards already this season in all competitions, which is a bit of a worry, isn't it? Yeah, a couple of silly ones. There's a there's a moment of petulance on Saturday where I, I, I don't think, I don't think the ref actually butts him, which I was shocked over when he, uh, you know, threw the ball at the ground. Um, but yeah, it's probably just frustration with himself and his own performance, you would imagine, because he'll probably know that he, you know, he'll want to be doing better than what he is at the minute. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I say, I, I don't want to kind of be bashing on Oli in any way because I still actually think he's he's been one of our better players. It's just because we know he can do better. Um, I think that's kind of what's prompted us uh, talking about him more regular than than other players maybe in the team. Yeah, we'll leave the Oli bashing to uh, to Raya, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chaff, what about Aaron Morley's performance in this game? Now, on the podcast, when he came on the other night, Brian Barry Murphy spoke about maybe taking some of the blame for, for uh, Morley playing as deeply as he has been doing. He played some great passes, I thought, in this match, but it, it it's so hard to have an effect of the, on the game from midfield when you're playing so deep, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, he's almost in defence most of the time, like especially even when we, we, we pick the ball up, he's the first one to pick the ball up. And he's almost picking it up in sort of a full-back centre-half position. And he's not like Rathbone and he's not like Newby who's going to pick the ball up and he's going to run forward with it. Um, he's looking to find that key pass all the time. And, yeah, he's got a fantastic passing range. Um, but I think the position that he's playing, in almost like a quarterback role, um, which I think we've mentioned before, um, sort of limits us a little bit because he's he's constantly trying to find uh, somebody in a wide area with a with a long ball, and it's just it's, there's only so many times it's going to come off before it gets picked out. And yeah, it, I don't think he did. I don't think he did badly in this game. To be fair, um, I thought it was one of his better games of the season, but I don't think he's had many. Good, good performances this season and I do think it's down to the fact that he's playing so deep um, and an, an awful lot seems to be expected of him this year as well which I don't think he's had a season um, where he, where he's had such high expectations from him uh, because he was he was very very good last season in what I'd class as being his breakout season um, he was given a lot of responsibility but because it was his breakout season there was not a lot of expectation to go with it. So he did chip in with goals. Um, he seemed to take over set pieces, which he's still doing. But now there's an ex- there's an added expectation. So whenever he gives a ball away, it's highlighted a bit more than it would be. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Um, when I did a couple of sort of season previews for when Saturday comes in 4-4-2 before the season started, uh, one, of the, one of the people I made a point to sort of uh, focusing on was Morley because I, I felt that this season might be one where he had to step up with with the loss of Camps and Henderson and and be one of our star players and it hasn't quite happened yet has it Luke and I think one thing that's frustrating is that we've seen in the past the likes of Jamie Allen and Callum Camps sort of restricted um, by being played in much deeper roles do you think the same's happening with, perhaps with Morley or do you think he, he is more suited to a deeper role he's just not quite performing at, at the best of his abilities at the moment it's a tricky one, I think. I think if you if you put him further forward, I think you can kind of take advantage of of his ability to ping 
uh, more and, and kind of break um, defenses, defensive lines um, further up the pitch. I think when he's playing, where he's playing these balls, he's, he's in a very deep position and more often than not, the opposition are already set up to kind of face it. Um, I suppose if he was moved a little bit further more forward, he'll be picking the ball up and, and kind of be able to pick out passes that go through defences and, and go round them more. Um, there was a couple of passes I noticed on Saturday where he kind of you know was able to do that. Um, so on one hand, you've got you've got a benefit there. On the other, I think he's he's not very um, he's, he's not the most dynamic, and you know I do think that. To put him more further forward, you probably do need to have a bit more bite off the ball, a bit more aggression. Um, and it's not something I've really seen from Morley. He's not that kind of player. Um, so I, it's a tricky one. It'd be interesting. I, I, I'd enjoy I'd enjoy seeing him play further forward and, and seeing if we can take advantage of his vision and his, and his passing. Um, you know, against Bristol Rovers, he created the chance for O'Connell in a, in a more further forward position in the second half. Uh, and so you can definitely kind of pick out those balls. It's just whether he's got that kind of aggression to play further forward, where he's going to be tackling. He's there's going to be a need for him to tackle more and and get more stuck in. And you know, I do I do question whether he's he's able to do that. Um, where you know the examples that you made there with, with Camps and Jamie Allen, um, they were able to do they, they were able to do that side of the game. Um, and I'm, I'm yet to really see it from Aaron Morley. Yeah, I think. That, I think that's fair enough. Um, I, I must admit, I do think he might be more naturally suited to playing a little bit deeper anyway, but it's still frustrating to see him literally playing as part of the back line sometimes because obviously we want him as, as probably our best ball-playing midfielder uh, to be slightly further up the pitch where he can find players with those passes. Um, Chaff, one thing that, that stood out for me from this game was the referee. Now, usually, watching League One, League Two football in the past, I find myself frustrated with referees one in every two games, probably. Whereas this is the first game this season where the referee really has sort of annoyed me, shall we say. Uh, is it something that you noticed in the game? And is it something that you think has happened, it's happened to be less noticeable when watching on TV, perhaps, than, than in the ground where frustrations boil over and you hear other supporters maybe getting getting a little bit frustrated at decisions and things like that? I'm not sure because I've always classed myself as being sort of quite understanding and patient with referees um, when it comes to watching Rochdale. I'm not. I'm nowhere near the same when it comes to watching United. But when it comes to watching Rochdale, I can always, if we get a decision go against us, I always look to see why the referees made the decisions made. Um, I thought on Saturday. I thought, I'd, but I, I, I did genuinely think he was poor on Saturday. I think he's missed a blatant penalty on Talaji Baller um, in the second half. Um, and I just thought some of the, yeah, the, the nitpicking bookings and all sorts, I just thought it was really, yeah, really poor. Um, for the start, it made us sort of line up in a practically the same kit as bloody Bristol Rovers, um, which I have to mention because I had 4-4-2 Dale off the message board texting me saying, if you don't mention that in your match report, I'm, Ditching the website and everything, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was poor. It was, it, I thought it was uh, the penalty on ball is just blatant for me. I just I don't know what he's seen to wave that away. Yeah, yeah. If I always I try my best to be as patient as possible, and I think with like odd decisions like the bowler one, I try and be a little bit more understanding of everyone can make a mistake. But for me, it was just the interpretation of a few tackles at the end. I think there was maybe four or five on the bounce that looked like standard 50-50 challenges where he gave free kicks either one way or the other and I just couldn't get my head around it and that's the kind of thing that I find frustrating to be honest is when I'm looking at the same thing happening again and again and, and not really being able to understand. But uh, like I said, it's not something I've noticed as much watching um, on iFollow, which is interesting. Uh, Luke, we mentioned Bristol Rovers before. Um I said they've got some good players in the squad as far as I can see and I thought that Westbrook in particular was good in midfield and, and Hanlon looked dangerous up front but we've seen it with a few teams where they seem to have good players um, against us and not don't quite seem to be playing as a team as yet. Do you think that's something maybe down to the, the short pre-season and the quick turnaround of games that managers are, are struggling for time to work on, on a philosophy, if you like, a, a way of playing? 
Um, it, it could be. It could be. I think that's a fair way of looking at it. Um, you know, I think there's other parts of it where actually I look at it and go, when you watch the opposition play, if they don't really kind of have a method of play, if that makes sense, is that down to actually kind of how good the, the management team is? Um, and I look back at the games uh, versus Shrewsbury, for example, and, and the Burton games, they didn't strike me as kind of teams that really had a true method of, of playing. Um, even though you look at the team sheets and, you you know, you, you go, he's a good player, he's a good player, he's Andy, he's got a good reputation. Um, it could be because actually, you know, I know the manager Garner, he's, he's, he's pretty inexperienced at, at League One level and, and managing. Um, it could actually be down to the fact that these are actually good managers and they, they can't kind of enforce away on, on kind of how they can get the teams playing. Um, and, and swinging that, you know, when, when I look at the way we play, at least we do always have a method. Um, and I, I think that is a, a positive sign. Um, but, you know, I think it's a fair point as well, Dean, you know, that obviously teams do have less time to prepare, but it is the same for everyone as well at the same time. Um, so, I mean, it's, yeah, I'd, I'd put it down to more so actually, I don't actually rate these managers, you know, Ricketts at Shrewsbury, don't rate him. Um, Garner's not really done too much at Bristol Rovers yet. And, and, and these are, you know, managers in charge of teams who have decent budgets, um, to be fair. Yeah, Buxton in his first job as well, isn't he, at Burton? So you've got a point there, maybe with a little bit of inexperience in, in the case of the managers in some in some scenarios, I suppose. Um, we'll move on to, to the Oxford game from midweek, then Chaffin. It was a disappointing uh, result, but were you quite happy with the performance we heard? Brian Barry Murphy on the podcast the other night spoke about being the, the players being quite happy with the way they performed, but obviously being disappointed with the result. Was that the way you felt after the game? I, I must admit, I, I only I only really was impressed with the first half. I thought the second half was pretty poor. No, I'm with you on that. I thought I thought we played well first half. Uh, second half, I thought was pretty dreadful. To be perfectly honest, it all sort of the game changed on Jay Beasley's miss. Um, it's just it's such a bad miss. Um, I, I'm not. It, I, it took me ages last season. Aaron Will was it last season or the season before? Aaron Wilbram missed a great chance away at Scunthorpe, and it took months to get over it. Uh, this is going to be the same. It's I don't I don't get how he misses it, um, and the, the whole performance changed off the back of that. Um, Shadipo came on for them and started tearing us to bits um, and the, the second half was just was poor. as soon as they went 2-1 up it was game over for me um, I didn't see us getting back into it the first half I thought we played well um, yeah it, it was really disappointing I was, I was disappointed um, with that to be perfectly honest with you yeah, Luke, how about yourself? I, I mean, Oxford didn't look particularly confident or, or particularly strong aside from a couple of standout players, did they? So how were you feeling? Were you a bit disappointed to, to come away from the game with nothing? Yeah, yeah, I think the game was there for the taking, wasn't it, for us? Um, you know, like Traff said, if we were a bit more clinical in front of goal um, and, you know, easily did put away that one, then I think we would have, we would have taken the three points um, because Oxford... That was a big pressure game for Oxford, that. Um, I think they were at the foot of the table, weren't they, at the time? And um, I think their heads would have dropped if, if we were able to kind of, you know, get that goal. But um, I was impressed with how we played first half. I thought first 10 minutes of the second half, we were actually really good. Um, and like Traff said, the, the game turned when, when we missed that chance. Um, and it's just a shame, really, because when you know a game is there for the taking and you actually end up, on the receiving end of a defeat, it is disappointing. Um, but like BBM said, I suppose, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on, on performances and for large parts of that game, we, we were decent. Um, but from the fans' perspective, it is mega frustrating, isn't it, when when you know that you're more than capable of getting three points. Um, you know, Especially away from home as well, that would have been nice. Just on that Beasley miss, um, obviously, don't want to dwell on it too much because... It's so obvious that he should have scored that, but is it a case of him lacking in confidence? Do you think 
what, what how how can you miss a chance like that basically uh, he probably doesn't know how we missed it you know he looks slightly off balance but it, you know it probably there isn't an excuse for missing that kind of chance no matter what level you're at um you know but what i do have to say is Beasley has, has been kind of in my in my opinion he's been kind of integral towards the way we've been playing generally speaking um, and there's a lot of that he does that probably you know goes unnoticed um, to the kind of naked eye around kind of taking us up the pitch. Um, he, his work rate's fantastic, and I know we do want to see more from a striker than just someone who works hard. Um, he does bring he does offer more than just someone who works hard. He links up play really well. He moves us up the pitch. He stretches defenses on his own. That allows us to play, you know, play an extra man in midfield, maybe because he does the job. He does the job off the ball that, that two strikers would do. Um, and then, you know, where's the give though for someone that, that gives you that? And he's, he, he probably is um, in front of goal and the goals that they're going to score. Um, I think he, he will come. I think if you're a good enough player that he's showing um, in his general play, I think you know he will. He will get a few. I don't think he'll be prolific, um, but it's what he does for those around him. And that's important and not necessarily seen and definitely not seen with regards to his own goals, Sally, when you look at it like that as a striker. Yeah, and I suppose in terms of what he does for other players, the player that he would be doing the most work for, I suppose, is Stephen Humphreys, who we haven't seen yet um, beyond that 30 minutes against um, Portsmouth. Um, Chaff, at the other end of the pitch, the, the, the opening goal, I think it was, uh, Gavin Bazunu sort of spilled it to, to the Oxford striker who put it in. Now, I saw a few people saying that they thought it was a foul. Personally, I thought he should have done a little bit better. What were your thoughts on that? And how are you feeling about Bazunu? Because as much as he makes some fantastic saves, and that can't be denied, and, and his general goalkeeping is quite good, it does seem to be a mistake in there, which I suppose is perhaps understandable given his age. Yeah, can I say both? I, I, I think... He should have done better, but I also think he was impeded. Um, he's just got to come and he's got to be strong and he's got to he's, he's just got to get there and he's got to keep hold of it, regardless of who's coming in. You're not going, no goalkeeper in the world is going to come for a, a cross and not be touched by an opposition player. He's just got to do better, I think. Um, strictly speaking, it's a foul, but he's, I think he's just got to be stronger there, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, he does have. He does have a mistake in him, um, but like we've said, he's it's all it's a balancing act, isn't it? Between how many goals he's going to save us and the few that he's, he's inevitably going to cost us as well. Yeah, what I would say is the reason that I felt it was a foul was I think if you watch the footage back, the Oxford forward who who impedes him, I don't think he knows much about where Bazunu actually is, and perhaps he's just being a little bit clever. But I think it. If that if I, if I'm in that scenario and I'm standing in front of a goalkeeper and I get given a foul against me for that when he's I don't think he's raised any arms I don't think he's stepped across him I don't even think he was actually looking at him by the time Bazunu spilled the ball I'd personally be a little bit frustrated with that if I was the Oxford forward but I think I guess we all see it slightly differently and and he, one thing is for sure he definitely should have been a little bit stronger Luke it was Matt Lund who got the goal of course for Dale. Uh, his first penalty actually since the one that he missed in that fateful game at Newport in 2013-14 his first penalty for Dale since then I think um, but it was a, a better finish this time around wasn't it a confident finish and he seems to be very confident in front of goal at the moment doesn't he yeah he took it really well I don't think it was ever in doubt really um, you know and, and yeah why not give it Lund Morley missed his last one um, Lund's on fire at the minute playing with confidence Um you know, it made sense really. It took it away really well, um, and yeah, I'm loving. I think we're all loving Matt Lund out. You know, at the minute, um, just with regards to kind of how he's playing, generally speaking, and his ability to kind of time his runs into the box and, and kind of get in the end of these crosses. He's obviously got free reign to do that, um, and it's been really effective. Um, and hopefully, you know, he's one of them. I, I do actually see comparisons between that and kind of Gary Jones uh, that year that he kind of you get 18 or something like that um, very difficult to defend against midfield runners in the box Frank Lampard made a career of it didn't he and um, you know hopefully Lund can kind of continue in the same you know same way really because he's very good in the air uh, and he's clearly got the timing right so yeah 
happy days. All you need is a hunt. <laughs> Giving Humphreys a bit of a target to him as well if he wants to uh, wants to finish top scorer this season when he gets fit. Uh, Chaff, one thing that I noticed as well from this game was was Dale's sort of set up from set pieces, attacking set pieces, absolutely crowding the six yard box. Something that I'm not sure if it's happened before. If it has, I haven't really noticed it. But um, what what did you make of that? And at the other end, it obviously didn't make much of an effect because we still conceded a goal from a set piece. Yeah, it's. Um... Yeah, it has, it has become a little bit noticeable, hasn't it? Um, it's obviously just to to cause chaos in the box, really. Um, but it doesn't seem to, it, it's worked a couple of times. Um, obviously, we're scoring more goals in the air, aren't we? At the minute, mainly through Lund. Uh, Rathbone's got one as well. Um, and you know, we can't seem to, to get to grips with opposition doing it. But yeah, it's, it, is a, it is a noticeable sort of trait that we've picked up. Um, Probably, yeah, it'll be deliberate. So, yeah, hopefully we can uh, start making the most out of that. Yeah, we've got a few players who perhaps should be a little bit more of a threat from set pieces, you feel like. Like O'Connell, for example, maybe Jim McNulty when he's playing as well. Um, and uh, Luke, what, another thing I noticed from this game was the fake crowd noises that Oxford were pumping into the ground. What did you make of them? Did you uh, did they affect your watching the game at all? Would you like to see Dale do something similar? I absolutely hated it, to be honest with <laughs> you. Oh, it was a lot of crap. Um, yeah, it was it, it was off-putting watching. Um, I actually, I don't mind it without the noise. Like, I enjoyed, like the Sunderland game, for example, when we were speaking about how frantic it was, there was a lot of shouts. You could tell how competitive it was through that and whatnot. And in a weird way, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, not again. Please, please not again. I wasn't a fan of that. Chaff, what about you? What were your... What were your takes from that uh, crowd noise being piped in? I think that one was awful. I've seen it, especially in Germany, where they do it really well. Um, and I think it adds to the game. But I just thought it, it just didn't sound right at all. It was the same song or same chant being used over and over again. And it just didn't seem right in a Dale game in an empty stadium. Um and yeah, um, if if we'd have been watching on Sky News, or Sky Sports, sorry, I'd have uh, I'd have turned that option off straight away. <laughs> to be honest, I've been watching quite a few of the, the games as a neutral on Sky with no commentary or sound. To be honest, I'm just finding it a little bit more immersive than the weirdness of the empty stadium or or the piped in sound. What I would say about what you mentioned about the German football, I think what, the reason that they can make it a little bit better is just because the atmosphere is different uh, over there. And I think it's more of like a constant noise with with Bundesliga games. Usually you find that it's a bit easier to just play the same thing. You, you Obviously you get cheers for goals and stuff, but um, in League One, I don't think uh, the Oxford fans are making 90 minutes of constant noise, to be honest. So it doesn't feel quite as natural. This is it. I'm just going to say as well, with the English fans, um, most of most chants that English fans come up with have got swearing in them anyway, so they can't use that. So you're going to have to get the sort of clean songs repeated on a loop, aren't you? So I don't think it's I don't think it works, especially at our level. Yeah, it'd leave about two songs from the from the Dale repertoire. I think if you took all the swearing out. Um, so we'll move on to to Stockport, a game that probably did uh, probably did elicit quite a bit of swearing from us in the WhatsApp group at least. Um, Luke. What went wrong on Saturday? Obviously, we we have to give credit to Stockport because they they performed above and beyond what would be expected of a National League side. But at the same time, uh, it was a really, really poor performance from us, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a painful watch from minute one to, to the last one. Um, I thought a, bit of, a key part was how we started. I don't think we started well enough. Uh, they were all over us. Um, and, you know, it killed us, didn't it, really? Because it gave them something to kind of sit on. Um, even getting the one goal back, they still had something to sit on and that allowed them to kind of drop as as deep as what they did. Um, yeah, it's quite disappointed with, with where we started, really. Um, they were always going to come at us, I thought, and give it a go early doors. And um, credit to them, they look, they look pretty good, to be fair. I quite like the look of a couple of their players, um, and yeah, it just turned into a real frustrating watch because of how deep they were able to sit um, and, and kind of the manner in which we were trying to kind of navigate around them. Um, it was, you know, it was very much kind of 
pass, 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 and then and then play a, a ball when you know it wasn't really on, and you know you could see it out on the pitch that the players were getting frustrated as well, and um, it's a real kind of <laughs> a real bad do on Saturday to be fair, but I do think kind of sometimes um, you know sometimes what's needed is a little bit of perspective as well. Um, you know the the gap between ourselves and Stockport is a big enough gap for us to kind of pretty much you know definitely put us favourites towards winning it for sure. But um, we've done this ourselves to teams. You know we, we we took Tottenham to Wembley a couple of years ago. We 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 took Man United to penalties. Um, if you have a look at the results at the weekend, there were a lot of teams that fumbled like we did, um, and. You know, it's almost not a shock to see it because it's the FA Cup. Um, and again, I just, I just think sometimes a bit of perspective is needed. You know, it was disappointing to watch. We didn't play great. I, you know, that that's that's straight up. But at the same time, we got a crack on. I don't think it means that you know um, we're going to have a disastrous season from here on in. Um, I think it just means that we've got to bounce back. Uh, and I think you know, I'm pretty confident we will do. Yeah. I think perspective is definitely important, not only in terms of of the sort of the games that we've had against stronger opposition in recent years, but just the fact that, that I think that's five years on the bounce we've played non-league opposition in FA Cup round one, and it's the first time we've we've been knocked out. And Chaff, there'll be a time that some supporters listening to this will remember where winning four games on the bounce against non-league opposition seemed impossible, didn't it? Because it always felt like drawing a non-league team um, in the FA Cup early rounds felt like a, an inevitable exit. Uh, and Saturday wasn't that, but it, it was a bad performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't great at all. Um, like Luke said, though, we were really slow to start. Um, I didn't think we'd turned up at all. And before we knew it, we were 2-0 down. And at that point, you've got an absolute mountain to climb. Um, another first goal, The first goal is absolutely stupendous. It's brilliant. Um, to look up and 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 hit it from inside his own half is just you you can't really plan for that to be perfectly honest with you. Um, it's the most it, it's the the closest thing to the David Beckham goal that I've ever seen, um, and it's yeah it was wonderful. But we 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 didn't turn up. We did we weren't switched on for the second goal. Um, I thought, like Lou said, a couple of players really really sort of give us a lot of trouble. Um, Jennings especially um, in the final third he could have won the game. I thought Mark Kitchen um, had a really good game as well to the point where Jimmy Keown had some positions because he just weren't getting anywhere close to him and I thought their two cent- I thought their two main centre-halves were really good. Um, Hogan and Palmer I thought they were outstanding the pair of them. And we just didn't have, it's not that we didn't have a game plan, we just didn't have the means to break them down. Um, like Luke said, it was the effort was there. We were, we were trying, basically we were trying to find that killer ball, weren't we? Um, normally through Marley to try and break through, but it just weren't happening at all. Um, when you got one back, I kind of thought we'd get another but it just didn't materialise, unfortunately. I just thought Stockport played really well. I thought we we played really poor, and we are going to get cup ties like this every now and again. Um, it's it's always there's always a hint of embarrassment when you go out to to non-league opposition, but they are top of the the conference to be fair. And if you look at it like that, there is only sort of a full division and a tiny bit between us, um, and there. They've got a lot of momentum as well, and obviously, first round to them, they, they they're going to come out as more. I think there's a similarity between that and the Boston game last season, um, where Boston came to Scotland and they they really pushed on and and hit us from the start. But we, yeah, slightly different outcome. But yeah, I thought uh, thought Stockport played really well. Yeah. I think the the reaction from most Dale fans actually has been uh, obviously there's a lot of disappointment and and 
like you say, a hint of embarrassment as well. But I do think most of us have given Stockport the credit that they deserve for a good performance from them. Uh, Luke Chaff mentioned there that it was a case of struggling to break Stockport down, which is a worry, isn't it? But it's probably not something that we're going to have to do a lot of against League One teams this season who are unlikely to sit as deep as Stockport did, even if they get a lead against us. Yeah, um, no matter who we play in, in League One, they're always going to fancy the chances against us. Um, I don't see many teams you know, setting up from the get-go in a defensive shape to kind of let us break them down necessarily. Um, I, I don't think, I don't even see it if, if you know, if, the, if teams are defending the lead against us to drop as deep as what Stockport did. Um, there's one thing putting men behind the ball and then there's another thing, putting men behind the ball and dropping as deep as what they did. Um, it made it really difficult. They defended brilliantly. Um, but I don't think that's a way to kind of sit in a lead necessarily at, at League One level, um, going as deep as what they did. But obviously, Stockport played it uh, really well and, and they dealt with anything that we, you know, they dealt with everything that we that we threw at them, uh, to be fair. Um I don't think we are that type of team. You know, I don't think we set up. I don't think we got the personnel to kind of break opposition, you know, teams down because they're going to be sitting defensively against us. Um, I'd be very surprised to see us kind of have another game like that this season. Chaff, obviously, it's very hard to draw positives from games like this one, but it's a positive, I suppose, more in in terms of the the impact on the rest of our season. It means no more. Um, FA Cup games it means there's a little bit less to gain as well from the FA Cup this season with obviously fans not being allowed to go to, to games if we were to draw a big club in round three and, and obviously this is a, a really small squad uh, it, it might it might benefit from the rest it's fair to say Yeah I'd agree with that to be fair um, the way football is at the moment the FA Cup you're very very reliant on CB games um, and the money that the TV broadcasting is going to bring in. Obviously, we weren't on. We've got no crowds coming in. And, yeah, it's not going to be anywhere near as profitable as uh, as what it's been in the past. And with the games coming thick and fast, as they have been, we're very reliant on a, an 11, maybe 12, 13 that we have to use. Um, and if we get injuries, uh, fatigue injuries, whatever, it's going to really really hinder us going forward and it's just a classic case of concentrate on the league because we haven't got the strength in depth to be able to to change things up on that regular basis so that's pretty much the only positive that you can take from the game really. Just on that on that strength in depth actually something that I wanted to ask you about um, because at the minute I know we're still waiting on a couple of players to come back from injuries but the last few games it's felt like the substitutions that, that Brian Barry Murphy has available to him are really obvious and do you think we still need a couple of options? Because really, it seems like it's the same players that are going to be coming off the bench and when they're not in form, as a couple of them aren't, it's quite frustrating, isn't it? Because it feels like there's not really a way of changing the game. Yeah, definitely. I think we're we're one, maybe at least one, maybe two short, especially in attacking areas. Um, I think we've mentioned a couple of times um, somebody to play in the final third of the pitch um, in a sort of newbie style, um, or at least a newbie position anyway. Um, somebody with pace, I think we lack pace, definitely, in our 11. The only way that we change games in sort of an attacking way at the moment is we bring Tavares on uh, and hope that he can create something and use his pace to, to sort of get something out of the game, but it's not worked. Um, I, yeah, I think, we're, I think we're a couple of players short um, I, just, I don't think we create quite enough um, and I don't think we have like I said before pace, pace we haven't got any in the in the final third of the pitch unfortunately and Luke at the other end one, one player who I did want to touch on just to finish off on this game was uh, Jim McNulty who, who I thought had a really poor match and obviously he's not going to be first choice he's probably going to be fourth choice if we're being honest uh, this season but it was frustrating, wasn't it, seeing the ball being plastic, passed around at the back as we were probing, looking for that ball forward, and then McNulty more often than not eventually getting a little bit tired and floating a ball into nowhere. 
yeah, he, he was poor. Um, very poor on the ball. He, when when I said it earlier, Mignol, who was the player that came to mind, to be fair, when I mentioned us kind of just hopelessly kind of going for a, a free ball or a long ball and whatnot. Um, I'd like to give him the benefit of doubt and, and actually say, you know what, he hasn't actually played very much recently. Um, and I do wonder whether that's got something to do with it. Um, because I do like Jim. I like what he offers us. Um, I thought he had a, a really good season last season. Um, and he's, you know, overall as a, as a player and a servant to the club, he's been excellent. Um, and he's clearly well thought of behind the scenes in, in what he brings to, to the squad. Um, I think that came across with the interview that we did with BBM and, and, and O'Connor last week. Um, so, yeah, he did have a bad game. There's no getting away from that. Um, I would like to say he's down to not playing much and him not being match fit. Um, but he's he's done a lot for the club over the years and I think he does continue to do a lot, probably that we don't see as well behind the scenes. Because um, he does strike us when, when we listen to his interviews, he does strike us as someone who kind of really is um, you know, a, a bit of a kind of one of the older Reds, isn't he? Um, and, and someone who probably a lot of the players do look up to. Um, so, yeah. So, thankfully, we can move on from the Stockport game now and hopefully that's what supporters will do, although it is a bit of a wait for the next game. Um, Chaff, I just wanted to to touch on the um, Save Our Clubs campaign, um, which we've, we've, we've... It's something that's obviously really important for a lot of lower league clubs at the moment and something that Dale are involved with along with the likes of Fleetwood and Sunderland and Middlesbrough. Um, it's, it's a campaign to put pressure on the government to provide struggling clubs with with some financial help um the more that we can get behind the campaign the more we can show how popular it is and sort of put more pressure on um and it's really important now isn't it that the clubs like ourselves and, and those around us can find some financial uh support preferably from from the premier league or from the government or wherever it may come from yeah we've we've been expecting support from the premier league since before the season started um, doesn't seem to have materialised as yet doesn't seem to be sort of imminent either and without some sort of sort of support package we're, we're going to lose teams um, the longer this the longer this virus seems to rip through the country um, and fans are not in the stadiums it's it's going to have a huge, huge impact um, on lower league football and whether the, some of the teams in the Premier League like to admit it or not, lower league football is a huge, hugely integral part uh, to a lot of people and to Premier League clubs as well. Um, and something desperately needs to be done. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we're going to end up losing teams without without some help and hopefully it's not going to be, be us but the worries are going to be there unfortunately yeah and we've seen certain clubs obviously quite quite local clubs go out of business even before this uh, this this pandemic and to see something like this maybe take another another club or two with it would be would be horrible for all supporters of low league football so um, we hope that, that Dale fans listening to this will get involved with the campaign uh, just giving them a follow at underscore save our clubs on Twitter, and hopefully we can, uh, as a fan base, we can help put a little bit more pressure on on the government to to help out if needed. Um, so we'll finish with a a little game as we always do, uh, rather than a, a full season squad because it's just the two of you tonight. I've gone for one game, so it's the two thousand and five FA Cup third round defeat to Charlton at the Valley. Uh, finished four one. Um, I thought I'd do another cup defeat, you know, just because we've not had enough of them this week. So, uh, Luke, you're top of the list on my on my little Zoom chat here. So I'll let you go first with this game. Grant Hull. Yep, correct. Scored the goal. I will never forget. I will never forget him turning to Lal Al Kakori <laughs> smash one in. <laughs> Best moments as a Dale fan. That I was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. Um... I'm trying to picture the kit. I normally do all right if I picture the kit. So, um, should you want Ernie the kit? Cooksey? Ernie Cooksey, yeah. Ernie Cooksey, Charlton fan, of course. Uh, 
played in that game. He, the kit was the, I think it was all sport, and it had quite a low, round, white neck. If you remember yeah. the one, Keytech sponsor. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, Luke? Wayne Evans. Yep, correct. Played it right back. Gareth Griffiths. Incorrect. Chaff. Oh, what? <laughs> no, Gareth Griffiths, I'm afraid. Um, do you just want to carry on, see if we can get a few more? Gary Jones? Yep, Gary Jones. Uh, throw on me that. Jilks? Yep, Jilks was in there. Bertos? Yeah, Leo Bertos. Uh, parking seat. Sacco? No. No, Marike Sacco. I think Sacco might have come the season after. Just on your kits theory, I seem to remember him having the MMC Estates, the Nike kit. <laughs> Um, so oh. I'll run through. I'll run through the the match day sixteen. Um, Matt Jilks was in goal. Uh, Wayne Evans, Daryl Burgess, Greg Hield, Alan Goodall, uh, Jamie Clark, Scott Warner came off the bench. Uh, Leo Bertos, Gary Jones, Ernie Cooksey, Leighton McGiven also came off the bench. Uh, Grant Holt was partnered up from by Paul Tate, um, who was replaced by Taiwo Atieno. And then the two unused subs were Neil Edwards and Tony Gallimore. Good times. <laughs> Not that great times, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so obviously there's no Dale game uh, for a couple of weeks aside from the EFL trophy match against Salford, but I don't think um, we'll be recording a reaction podcast to that game. So it'll be a couple of weeks until we have uh, another podcast similar to this one where we're talking through some games. But... We do have a very special guest coming on in the next few days, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And if you've not listened to the to the Brian Barry Murphy and Owen O'Connell podcast from the other day, please do go back and listen to that because um, we were very happy with how it turned out and, and both of those guys were really open and honest with us and we thank them a lot for, for coming on. So, um, Also, I'm just going to throw a little thank you out to everyone who's given us a, a rating on, on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it is now. Uh, it's really appreciated and I think as long as it's five star do give us another one because we want to keep our 100% five star record up uh, and a special thanks to whoever gave us a five star rating from Oman as well as that's bumped us up to becoming the 26th most popular sports podcast in Oman so whoever that was thank you very much uh, so all that's left for me to say as always is thank you very much for joining me Luke cheers Dean cheers chat and chat nice one Cheers as always, mate. Thank you very much. See you next time. Up the Dale.